0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Knock It Off, our weekly podcast on all things real life and real time, adulting and motherhood. It is named after our father's go-to phrase when we are pushing the bounds of his patience. Knock It Off! Brought to you by two unqualified and quirky moms with the hope that we help you feel less alone in your plights. You've got Bethany Bell this week, I'm sister number two, mother of three, the other sister, Behind this endeavor is Carol Wood. I don't have much to say prior to this week's piece, uh, but I got plenty to say in the piece. So let's move on. The $15 purchase that changed my life. A lesson on maintaining order amongst chaos via a family calendar. Ah, fall is here. Even those of us living in the southern section of the United States can feel the subtle change of weather, indicating that we are no longer in danger of melting away. Well, at least for the time being. The shopping markets are donned with arrangements of beautiful autumn colors for a meet-and-greet at the entryway with their brilliantly worded shades of rusted golds, crimson frost, and a ruby apple red. Present in abundance are the pumpkins of various shapes, sizes, colors, and textures, the options of which seem to elevate with each passing year. Who knew I would find myself torn between selecting a white pumpkin with an image of a cocoa-like skeleton design or a standard orange with our alma mater FSU emblem in the middle. Of course, I want FSU. I love a good change of season, particularly one from the blistering humidity to crispy coolness. It reminds us that newness is here. We are closing a chapter on one season and opening the door to another. It's also a fantastic time to revamp our life coordination skills, to figure out what is working well and what we should reform. My reform list, in order of how my scattered brain can produce it, is as follows. Number one, living room rug. It must go. One word, dog. Number two, kids rooms. Muck them out and reorganize. Number three, go through both the children's and adult books in the home to resell or trade at a local bookstore. Number four, finally start our quote dog room project of finishing ceilings and installing built-in shelves and desks with our track record for home improvement projects this may spill over into my spring list and in the list of what is working well the monthly whiteboard calendar here is the link to this sort of product costing approximately 25 dollars But I recall mine costing closer to $15. Of course, this was back in 2021, I believe it was. Inflation, you know? Anyway, in the past, my partner and I had succumbed to the inevitable Google Google, Google, Google Calendar invite when we started procreating. Prior to that, I suppose we lived more by the seat of our pants, with random text messages sent one another's way to convey our calendar invites. However, the digital mode of scheduling organization fell short for me. I forgot dates, events, to-do items. I found myself physically aching at having to reach for the darn smartphone yet again to reference anything. My brain works very much in a visual way. If it's not right in front of me, I don't tend to address it or I will easily brush it to the wayside and focus on more pressing issues at hand. I felt the need to revamp our monthly family calendar organization with a simple visual presence, a whiteboard positioned directly next to the fridge, which the humans are constantly accessing, and directly above the garbage receptacle, which both humans and canine are constantly accessing, a high traffic area a spot one couldn't help but glance at with the multicolored Expo markers and cute little hand-drawn icons of a tree in fall next to October 2023. This whiteboard would have pre-drawn boxes for each day of the month with blank spaces, Baby, and I'll write your name, for the primary scheduler to fill in each month's respective dates. There is a sidebar to the right that allows for checkbox notes of future reminders. There is discussion out there regarding the aesthetic disruption of having a household calendar in plain view in the most highly trafficked area of the home. For me, the presence of this bit of clutter as other items tend to populate around our public awareness piece such as paper reminders for the next month, kids art from school, etc., far outweighs any concern of the look of our home. The home is a place of living in real time, with all of the messiness of everyday experience, and I believe it's okay that the ambiance reflects that, at least in the kitchen. Besides, who am I kidding? In this current juncture of life with three children, one being a Tasmanian toddler, my home is constant chaos everywhere. A study performed by Nussedieter, Bernheim, Brush, and Greenberg in 2008 describes what I already knew to be true in our household. 93% of primary schedulers are the mothers. However, the involvement of secondary schedulers, think other parent in the home or perhaps an adult child, varied significantly, which I found fascinating. In the monocentric family, there's little to no involvement by the secondary scheduler, 39% of the households studied. In the pericentric family, there is infrequent involvement by secondary schedulers, 27%, And in the polycentric families, the secondary scheduler is frequently involved, 34%. It's important to note that the researchers explain not one of these situations is quote, better than another. Some families preferred one central scheduler in charge of the coordination while others took a more 50-50 approach. As you know, it's much more nuanced than appears on paper. Anyway, fascinating stuff. They then plot each of the family's primary and secondary calendars on a chart divided into the sections of monocentric, pericentric, and polycentric families. As one initially glances over the plot, some themes are immediately recognized. Across the board, the most common type of family calendar, and this study was published in the year 2008, well into the phenomenon that is the digital age slash smartphone, is, drumroll pre, the tried and true paper wall calendar, which I'm going to generously extrapolate to the whiteboard calendar as this type was not actually identified in this study. A whopping 79.5% of the families studied used this method, which of course means we are the ones doing it right. I kid, but the Enneagram 1 in me also believes this to be true. Most of the families used more than one calendar to keep their lives in order, 70%, which I found myself initially judging as excessive. Additional Enneagram 1 vibes, waste not, want not, I then performed a quick mental tally of my own. Family whiteboard calendar, Google calendar, and personal work calendar. Plus, I'm sure my spouse has one drifting in the cloud somewhere for his job, which brings our total to four. Wow, i mused. Are we, am I overdoing it? But then the study quickly referenced another study where four was the average number of calendars used. This provided me some relief as I settled into the comfortable position of averageness. We use the Google Calendar as our digital tool, inviting one another to shared events, work dinners, notifications of our solo trips, or family outings. These invites are usually sent when we are not in one another's presence or the presence of the family whiteboard calendar. Typically, during the last week of every month, I set aside 10 to 15 minutes and clear away the top three weeks rows of the whiteboard calendar i placed the last week of the calendar as the top week on the new month i.e i moved to the week of september 24th to the 30th to the top for this month and filled in the activities there before erasing it from the bottom row systematically i then referenced our shared google calendar to fill in social events we have previously scheduled doctor slash dentist appointments as well as our children's after school activities the Google Calendar also holds birthdays, anniversaries, etc., that are helpful reminders to add to the whiteboard. The whiteboard tool that we use in our home is referred to as a public awareness calendar in the study. A delicious term, particularly for the individual that maintains the family's life schedule, as this job often feels like cleaning the toilets. It's a required task, but it's unacknowledged unless it doesn't get done. With the use of a visible, updated public awareness calendar, it shifts some of the responsibility to the other members of the household. Do we have plans this weekend? Check your public awareness. Do I have soccer tonight? Check your public awareness. The mental load of the primary scheduler is gifted a reprieve from the strain that is constant vigilance over their lives, and this is something to applaud with revered intensity. It's also fun to incorporate teaching into the family calendar. Just this morning, my two boys were asking about the time of the youngest soccer game and what jersey color to wear. They were standing approximately four feet from the public awareness calendar that provides this information. I took the opportunity to explain to our five-year-old how to read his game labels on the calendar. If it is a C, it's his. Then the time. If it's followed by an R, he's wearing red. If B, blue. He got it, I think. I strive not to concern myself much with how often others look at the calendar, as I've come to find it's more so a resource for my own sanity, but I'll certainly take help where I can. If it saves me even one, mom, what time is blank type question, we will call that a win. Now, when it comes to who is able to physically alter the whiteboard calendar, that is a whole other ball game. Personally, in my house, I am the only current modifier slash writer on the whiteboard, and I believe I prefer it this way. However, no secondary scheduler and or child has attempted to begin writing on it. So the emotional response provoked from the primary scheduler is yet to be known. I'm not sure I'm at the spiritual level required to allow this yet. We will see. Following the passing of another day, particularly one like a Saturday where we may have four to five events listed on the schedule, I take great satisfaction in drawing a slash through those previous 24 hours. It provides a therapeutic closure of sorts, a deep breath out that we have tackled yet another day. As one can see, there are a variety of benefits of maintaining a streak of a monthly family calendar or public awareness tool. It assists us in life coordination, household communication, and alleviating the strain of the mental load. Whichever of the various forms of calendar organization is chosen, it's important to select one or multiple that works best for you and yours. It may feel messy or nuanced at first, but you will soon find method to your madness. Some trial and error will occur, so tweak as you go and have a little fun with it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this subject. Do you keep a household calendar? And if so, how many? Where is it? What have you found that works best for you? Okay, guys, that's it for um, this week's piece. I referenced the study link in the article. If you want to go deep dive, if you want to really nerd out. Um, I actually really enjoyed reading the study. And it was quite descriptive and went all detailed. Uh interesting stuff sociologically speaking but you know i hope i hope you uh, resonated or it helped you out a little bit and don't fret if members of the household don't really pay attention to your calendar don't worry about it it's really more it's more for the primary scheduler i think um anyway with that we really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen please be sure you're subscribing uh for free at knockitoff.substack.com and um, share the piece with a friend that you think would enjoy it. That would be fantastic. Have a great week.